to start Season 8 of this podcast today, we're going to talk about three relationship tools we can use to become better listeners this fall to deepen our relationships. But first, before we get into all this, here's a word from Carol. Welcome to You Were Made For This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Thank you, Carol. Now, as with every episode, our purpose today is to help you find more joy in the relationships God designed for you. You know, it's been six months since Season 7 of You Were Made for This ended with Episode 200. You might be wondering what I was doing during this time. If you're on my email list, you got an email every Wednesday during this off-season about all things related to relationships, all things that were on my mind at the time. And many weeks, the email had links to blog posts on our website. If you've missed those, I'll have a link to them at the bottom of the show notes today. I'll also post a link to get on my email list if you're not already on it. There's a a lot more I could share about this past off-season, but I want to get into rolling with today's first episode of Season 8. Plus, I want to announce a few changes at the end of today's show that you'll want to know about. However, if you really are interested in knowing more about what I was up to while away from the podcast, Mike, I'd be happy to tell you all about it over dinner at your house. Wednesdays work best for me. And I know this this always comes up, but uh, the only food allergy I have is to coconut, just so you know. Okay. To kick off Season 8 here at the beginning of September in 2023, we are going to take a look at three relationship tools to remember this September that will help you find more joy in the relationships God designed for you. I'll start with this. September is a perfect time to observe. Observe. With the activities of summer in the rearview mirror for most of us, September is the time of year we return to the routines and rhythms of life. Vacations are finished for now, the kids are back in school, and the pace of life dials down a notch. September gives us space to look around and observe. Flowers we only see in the fall appear now. Here in the upper Midwest of the U.S. where I live, coneflowers, coreopsis, and black-eyed Susans are in full bloom. And it's not just the beauty of nature that rewards us when we take time to look around in September. It's also the beauty of relationships that can soothe our souls when we take time to observe them. I live in a neighborhood, for example, where a lot of people walk, and I'm one of them. Well, on a walk one early morning, I came across a tall dad walking his small young daughter to her bus stop on the first day of school. Hand in hand they walked, and you could tell they had a loving relationship. You could just tell. 
For those of you who are parents, first day of school walks to the bus stop are over before you know it. The years just fly by. Observing that tall dad reminded me of how quickly our children grow up. While parenting is a lot of work, no doubt about it, there is also much joy to experience as well. Like the joy of being there for your children as a new chapter of their lives open each September. You've seen these pictures that parents typically post of their children on the first day of school. They're just great things to remember. Well, my son recently posted one of those pictures of his son standing in front of their house on his first day of school with a sign saying, first day of grad school. Yeah, he's 21 years old and started law school. It just looked kind of funny. My 21-year-old, six-foot-three grandson, his first day of school. Well, September also brings a measure of relational sadness at times. The other day I was talking with Dave, my next-door neighbor. He told me about his oldest daughter who was moving to Washington, D.C. to start her first job out of college. And in a moment of unusual vulnerability, he said, This is hard on me. Harder on me than it is on Barb. That's his wife. I'm not ready for this, he said. Yeah, I get it. I've been through having our daughter move away. It's a grieving process. Besides relationships like I've just described, I find it helpful to observe the relationships we have with strangers. I'll explain why later. Recently, for example, I bought a used car to replace an older car we had. There was a particular model I was looking for, and after much research, I found one on the lot of a large auto dealer in our area, which meant I had to deal with a car salesperson. Yikes, I I hate doing that. What I dislike even more is dealing with the finance or business manager you have to go through to complete the transaction when you buy a car from a place like this. Listening to their sales pitch to upsell their financing and extended warranties is painful. Oh, how I dreaded this process when I agreed to terms on the car with a salesman. But to my great surprise, though, I really liked the finance guy within 30 seconds of meeting him. There was no hard sell on anything from this very likable man. He was friendly, but not overly so. He was apologetic for having to put me through this process, knowing that our desire was to get out of this as fast as possible. I thought to myself that this man would make a good next-door neighbor. So, how, how are these observations a helpful relationship tool? Observations we make about people are helpful to the extent we use them to reflect on their meaning. Many of our relational encounters with people are purely transactional and have no deep meaning whatsoever. You call to make an appointment. We say hello to the postal carrier. 
You say excuse me to the lady with the grocery cart as you walk around her in the cereal box aisle. But it's a shame if we look at all the interactions we see with people as ordinary, run-of-the-mill encounters. Our lives are enriched when we reflect upon what we see. Maybe there's nothing there to reflect upon. But other times, what we observe can encourage us or add to the richness of our life. For example, observing that father in our neighborhood taking his daughter by the hand while they walked to her bus stop on the first day of school brought me much joy because it reminded me of the joys of fatherhood and the times I saw my own children off to their first day of school. As I reflected on this scene, it evoked gratitude for my joy-filled relationships with my daughter, who once was like this little girl I saw on my morning walk. It wasn't nostalgia that moved me, but it was thankfulness instead that I continued to be blessed by my relationship with my daughter and my son, both of them who now have children of their own. Yeah, remember this September to reflect on relationships like this. It will do your heart good. It's a great relationship tool to put into practice. And, And then there's a conversation I had with my neighbor Dave, whose daughter was moving to Washington, D.C. It caused me to reflect when our own daughter moved out of state. It was a grieving process where there were no words that could make it better. In fact, at times like this, words often make it worse. Words like, at least your son is still in town. You know, Uh, The sociologist Brene Brown said, nothing good happens after the words, at least. And I think that's really true. At least your son is still in town. Yeah, that doesn't work. And there are other words that sometimes make it worse. Like this. You'll now have a new place to visit. When you see her when she visits, you'll have quality time with each other. Or... Time will heal your grief. Words like these are like rubbing salt into a wound. And you know, it's always harder on those left behind. Those who move on are off to a new adventure. Those left behind get a piece of their heart ripped away. On a more positive note, as I reflected on my interaction with the financed guy at the car dealer, it actually inspired me to be more like him. I tend to drift toward being critical of people, which I really hate to see in myself. I want to be winsome and put people at ease, like the finance guy did that I met. I want to be gentle and kind with people, to bring out the best in others, like he did. When we reflect upon what we observe in our relationships, It opens the possibility of becoming more the man or woman God created us to be. It shows us to the extent to which we are reflecting the image of God well. 
The third and last relationship tool I want to talk about to remember this September is ACT. A-C-T, ACT. Take some kind of action based on what you observe and reflect upon. You need to know, though, that ACT doesn't necessarily mean an outward behavior. It's not about trying harder. It's not about doing. Sometimes it is, but more often than not, it's about thinking. Often an action you take looks like you're doing nothing to an outside observer. When I spoke about observing the changing rhythms of life this fall and the flowers that bloom at this time of year, it slowed me down to reflect upon the beauty of God's creation. It also evoked an action within me, namely to appreciate again the change and energy that comes with each autumn where I live. Feeling something and being aware of it is just as much an action as behavior. It's an action unobservable to anyone else, but it's still very real. It could have been easy to observe what I did, reflect upon it, but feel no gratitude or response and just move on to the next thing. The two fathers I observed caused me to reflect upon my relationship with my own daughter. It reminded me of tender moments with her, like seeing her off on her first day of elementary school. When I listened to my neighbor share his sadness over his newly minted college graduate moving out of state, it made me reflect upon the sadness I felt when my own daughter moved 800 miles away. As for acting on what I observed and reflected upon, I made a mental note to ask my neighbor the next time I saw him something along the lines of, how are you doing now with your daughter moving into her new apartment in Washington? Yeah, you know, making, making mental notes like this shows you're listening and it creates the potential for deepening a relationship. When it comes to taking action in our relationships, draw upon the wisdom and power that lies beyond ourselves. Don't, don't settle for just any old idea that pops into your head. It's too self-limiting. Instead, here's a novel thought. Ask God what he would want you to do, and then ask him for the power to do it. Rely on him. He may tell you to do nothing. He may ask you to change your thinking. Or he may prompt you to initiate one of a countless number of behaviors. In a nutshell, to act is to listen to God. What does he want you to do? Ask him. The possibilities are endless. In summary, all that I've mentioned in today's show is an application of that relationship model I've talked about in past episodes. Aura. Observe, reflect, act. I'll be talking more about these in future episodes. For now, though, just remember that aura is about listening. 
To observe is to listen with your eyes. To reflect is to listen with your heart. To act is to listen to God. Well, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that there are some changes coming here in Season 8. One is that we are going to move from a weekly schedule of episodes to a semi-monthly format. A new episode will be released on the first and third Wednesdays of each month. Now, there may be an occasional bonus episode or email that I'll send out at other times in the month. The reason for this is to allow time for me to implement a new initiative related to this podcast. I've become increasingly aware of how many of us are overloaded with information. There's a lot of content of one kind or another coming at us like a fire hose at times. Much of the content is helpful, and I hope you feel that way about this podcast. But a shortcoming of all this content is we often don't have opportunity to process what we hear. It's one-way communication. Someone talks, and we listen. But there's no interaction to ask questions or learn from others how they are applying the same content that we all hear together. I'd like to try to change that. So this fall, I'm going to experiment with creating a community of like-minded people interested in developing deeper relationships in their life. It will start with a test group of people, mostly those who listen to this podcast. I don't have all the details worked out yet, and I will be looking for help from the founding members of this discussion group to do that. I'll be sending out more details about this in the days ahead, and hopefully it will be something that you would like to join. One last item for today in terms of changes to the podcast for this fall is something I mentioned about a month ago in my August 9th email. One of our fellow listeners, Linda Crouch, told the story of how she benefited greatly from a friend who listened to her talk about her trip to Nigeria, where she and her husband served as missionaries for many decades. It was all because someone listened. Now, I bet there are other similar stories that you have about being blessed in one form or another because someone listened. So, I'd like to introduce a segment in our podcast to get those stories out. We'll call it Because Someone Listened Stories. I have a hunch they will encourage all of us. So, just send me a paragraph or two that completes this sentence because someone listened, and you can email it to me to john at caringforothers.org. Well, that's it for today. If there's someone you think might like to hear what you've just heard, please forward this episode on to them. Scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on one of the options in the yellow Share This bar. And don't forget to spread a little relational sunshine around the people you meet this week. 
spark some joy for them. And I'll see you again next time in two weeks. Goodbye for now.